So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite stay. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. I'm Phil Durasmo, and with me this week, we have some very special guests. So Dan and Preston have joined me to talk about a very uh, interesting franchise, I think we can say. But uh, Dan, welcome. Hello. How's it going? Great. Great. How you doing? I am fantastic. I'm ready to dig deep and start cutting apart some uh, of this mystery franchise. Ooh, that's exciting. And, and Preston, how are you? I'm doing great. I, I would like to play a game as long as that game is, is recording a podcast. That That's excellent. Hello. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. There is only one key to open the device. It's in the stomach of your dead cellmate. Everybody out there in listener land, we are going to pick apart, uh, maybe cut apart, this wonderful, in my opinion, uh, horror franchise that uh, came to light, gosh, too many years ago at this point. Like, the first film in what we're going to be talking about came out in 2003, so 18 years ago, and that is the Saw franchise. So... For those of you who haven't been paying attention to movies during the pandemic, Spiral from the Book of Saw was released recently, and it will be hitting uh, digital and Blu-ray probably around the time that we release this episode. <laughs> so we are really looking back at the Saw franchise because of this kind of requel, or I guess reboot, or... Um, Spin-off? Spin-off? I, I don't even know how exactly <laughs> they are classifying it. I kind of like requel. I mean, that's... In, and spin-off. I mean, both definitely apply, but but yeah. I believe that they've said that this series and the old series, uh, assuming this one goes forward, are going to exist in the same universe concurrently. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. It's, it's a very, you know, spiral we'll get into towards the end of the episode, but it was a very interesting take on making sure that the roots of Saw 
still existed. And, you know, like I said, we'll get into it later, but um, gentlemen, take me back in the, you know, way back time machine 18 years ago when we were all just little, little children, obviously, because of the name of this podcast. But 18 years ago, 2003, Saw came out. And what what did that movie do for you? So, Dan, we'll, we'll start with you. How did that movie affect you? Did you see it in the theaters? What, what are your memories of seeing Saw for the first time? I don't know how young I was. Uh, I don't believe I would call myself a child since I was an assistant manager at GameStop at the time. Uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily enough to have every Friday off, which was great because I could go see the early showing of every movie and be one of approximately five people in the theater at any given time. The best way uh, to see a film. Absolutely. Yes. So that's what I did when Saw came out. Uh, of course, I was seeing every first run horror movie as soon as, soon as I could. Um, there was a family in there, which was really interesting. Uh, mom, dad, and a probably a eight-year-old, I want to say, maybe a little younger. Uh, and I was just like, okay, sure, why not? That's that's their their deal. They can figure out what they want to expose their kids to. Uh, and I remember, honestly, not loving it. I, I thought it was good to bad. I thought there were a bunch of plot holes, uh, which, oddly enough, get improved upon the more you see the further movies in the franchise. Um, I thought the twist at the end was good, but kind of confusing because I felt we didn't get a whole lot of who this weird, we could spoil everything, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. All right, cool. Uh, who this weird old cancer patient guy was on the floor. We got a little bit, but not a ton. So it didn't really hit hard as to, oh man, it's that guy. Yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. that, you know, the dead body was in the room, was actually alive the entire time. But uh, I, I honestly didn't love it. Um, but being the horror nerd that I was, I, of course, saw saw two in the theater uh, opening night or opening weekend at the very least, even though I didn't fully love the first one. But we mm-hmm. can get on to the sequels after uh, you guys get a chance. All right. Cool, cool. Preston, so t- take me back to when you saw it. And I'm, I am going to make a quick edit here. The movie came out in 2004, not 2003. The short that the uh, movie was based on was 2003. Perfect. So, Preston, go ahead. Yeah, so, like, it's so interesting. This is such an interesting franchise for me because it literally, you know, 2004, that first film coming out, I was 12, okay? And it literally, you know, the the meat, if you will, the franchise was basically to 2010, and, you know, later we got... Uh, the different, you know, we got Spiral and then, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going blank here. What, what Jigsaw, Jigsaw, we got yeah. Jigsaw in, in 2017. But, um, you know, that basically spans from me being 12 to 18. So, I mean, you want to talk about years loving this series. I mean, teenage years growing up, getting to see this every October, going to the theater. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Uh, but this first one in particular, so I grew up from a very young age, huge horror fan, as I've kind of established in the past. Me and my dad used to just watch everything together, basically. And I did not see this in theater, unfortunately. I, I vividly remember some family going and kind of giving me their recap uh, when they got back. And I was super eager to see it because all the TV spots and trailers were just so insane. You know, I, I just vividly remember the, you know, 
him holding the saw saying he doesn't want us to, to cut through the chains. He wants us to cut through our, and then it would cut. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, what is he, what is he talking about? <laughs> um, you know, so vividly remember that. But I, um, I definitely remember seeing this on what became a staple for me, the unrated DVD releases. You guys have to remember oh, all yeah. those. Yeah. yeah, warming the shelves at every used DVD <laughs> store in the world. Yes, every yep. one of them. So I definitely saw this on DVD for the first time and and really immediately loved it. And I mean, that just kind of led me to uh, dig in, you know, the franchise as a whole. And every October, I got to look forward to a new Saw movie coming out. Yep. And that's, re- that's really what solidified this franchise in my memory too that's a great point is if uh they had the old tagline if it's october it must be saw yeah (laughs) yep they sure did the saw movies you're right like october meant saw and for me i was in 2004 where the heck was i i was a manager at disney's boardwalk resort i was a bell services and concierge manager at disney's boardwalk resort so i lived down in florida and i had mostly night shifts Um, and I would go same thing to the movies in the morning. And I remember seeing the trailers for saw and the, the original trailer for saw, if you go back and watch it now, it plays kind of like a grindhouse trailer or maybe like an amalgamation of a grindhouse and a early nineties horror movie trailer before the nineties, like got scream. And I know what you did last summer kind of campy trailer. It was just this weird horror style movie that I I don't think I had seen come along in a long time. So I was really intrigued after that trailer that came out probably in like May or June. So like I said, I worked, I think three nights and two opening shifts. And usually I think my nights were Thursday, Friday, Saturday and open Sunday, Monday, and then had Tuesday, Wednesday off for like two years. And so on Fridays, I would go in the mornings to AMC downtown Disney and usually catch two movies before I would have to go to work. That would be like my morning on Fridays at least once a month. And in October, for sure, opening day, I was there with my friend Kevin seeing Saw. And maybe it was just the fact that I hadn't seen a horror movie like this in a long time, if really ever, because horror was kind of a joke going into the 2000s. You know, the the horror movies that were popular in the 90s and mid 90s, and I guess I should say in, in the mid to late 90s, were all kind of like comedy horror. You know, the really popular mm-hmm. ones were like comedy horror. And so we hadn't had, from what I had really seen or really remember, a straight horror movie. And this was that to me. It played like a low budget film. And it was very contained and very claustrophobic. And I just felt that in the theater, even though it was like my buddy Kevin and I and maybe like three other people in the whole theater, I felt claustrophobic in that room with the two men or the three men, I guess we should say. I think it really just stuck with me when I left the theater. The fact that that he was there, that Jigsaw was there and alive the whole time, it that really did excite me. So I was in and I couldn't wait when I read that they were going to come out with a sequel because they made so much freaking money on the first movie. It was insane. Yeah, it was. Let's see. The budget was one point two million dollars and it grossed one hundred and three point nine worldwide. 
So just insane. This was just the start of James Wan basically just putting dollar bills with his face on it. Yeah, no one really knew him before Saw. Nope. Yeah. Nope. He, he and Lee Winnell, uh, they came up together. They were great friends back in Australia. And this movie brought them both into the limelight. I mean, this is a different subject altogether, but just quick note, James Wan, like the man can make franchises just out of thin <laughs> air. It is unreal. Yep. Yeah. He sure can. But not Dead Silence. That does not turn into a... <sighs> don't even, oh. don't even. The unrated version of Dead Silence is one of the best horror movies of the past like 30 years. <laughs> Agreed. We just watched it again a it. couple months ago. It was so good. That's awesome. And it's the unrated one. The regular one is good, but the unrated is amazing. Um, so yeah, 2004, they, these guys busted on the scene with this little intimate film that, um, just was kind of a passion project for them and it exploded. Um, it exploded so well that opening weekend, they announced they were going to make a sequel. (laughs) So flash fast forward, excuse me, fast forward a year and, Saw 2 comes out, and that is really where they cement themselves in the fact that this is going to be a franchise, not just a single movie with a sequel. It is going, there's there's lore that they're building that is going to continue. So what what do you guys think about, you know, as we dive into the rest of the series leading up to, to I guess we should just talk th- first through Saw 7, or as it was known in theaters, Saw 3D, unfortunately. Starring uh, Chester What's that? <laughs> Starring Chester Bennington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, so d- tell me, Saw 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, what, what happened to you? And Dan, I really am interested in what happened to you because you were basically an adult. Yeah, I mean, you were a kid at heart working at GameStop, as was Tec- I working at Disney. Technically an adult, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, what happened to you as you went along the ride of the Saw franchise. So you said you went and saw the second one. Did that propel you to want to see more? Were you interested more or did you then start catching them on, on release? No, I absolutely, uh, two blew me away. Um, like I said, the first one was, it was fine. I liked it enough at least to go see the second one in the theater, but two made the first one seem more like a prelude to what the actual franchise was meant to be the entire time. Uh, not only did they give you just like the one little twist, they gave you a two, three, four twists at the end mm. of this thing and set it up for obviously numerous ones to come after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it's two, two is possibly the greatest horror sequel of all time. Wow. I know it's Man. a strong statement. That is a really strong statement. Holy it, cow. It, it launched eight other movies. So, I mean, come on. No, I, I'm right there with you. It, I agree. Uh, again, looking at the budget, it was a four million dollar film, and it made one hundred and forty seven point seven around the world. So, again, even more of a return on their investment. Um, God, I, oh, excuse me. We're we're just we're going to keep talking about these because I mean, each one of these movies, even in its low points, I mean, just made bonkers money. I mean, this is we're talking about the third highest grossing horror franchise, as far as I'm aware. I mean, it's incredible what it was able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, looking at the budgets of the movies moving on, um, three, four, five, and let's see what six was. Oh my gosh, this is insane. So 
three, four, five, and six were all ten million to eleven million each. <laughs> and then Saw 3D, probably because they made things 3D that didn't need to be, it was twenty million. Wow, that's but, a big jump. Yeah, that's a huge jump, <laughs> and for it being the seventh movie, that I we'll talk about how it ended, but um, it it was very very interesting how they kept the budgets down and knew how to make this film or these films flow and work, but still just return, return tons of money. So Preston, I kind of glazed over you, but what happened with you and saw two? And I mean, you already said that you grew up from 12 to 18 with the franchise in its its initial run. So how did saw two impact you? Was that when, when did you see the first one in theaters? I guess is where I want to get. Yeah, so Saw 2 was definitely the first of the franchise I was able and so excited to see in theaters. Like, there was no, I was 13, I mean, but there was no way I was going to miss this. And what's funny, for some reason, for some reason, I went by myself to see this, uh, which is really funny in hindsight. I vividly remember, um, because I was 13, I remember buying a ticket for Elizabethtown. (laughs) Do you guys remember that movie? (laughs) Yeah. And and I literally was like, okay, they're playing at the same time. Guess I'm seeing Elizabethtown, wink, wink. And obviously theater skipped and saw, you know, saw two and was like blown away. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it now, but certainly at that time, yes, I would have told you this is the greatest horror sequel of all time. This is the greatest sequel of all time. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, I loved it. I loved it so much at the time. And uh, yeah, I mean. It just, it hit the spot, had all the gore, had the great plot, um, you know, carried a lot of things over like the first one did just from that detective kind of route and uh, just was a blast. And that's what, that's one misconception about the movies too, is everyone without seeing them thinks, oh, it's torture porn. It's just gore and nastiness, but there's a lot of mythology and storyline going on. A lot of detective work. Uh, It's not just, you know, blood and guts. A lot of people attribute all of these films to it. But they're not, you know, when Mm -hmm. hostile is much more torture porn than this. Um, The Saw franchise is more of a straight horror, low budget series. And I think that it's it's funny that when it came out and it made so much money, all these copycats started coming out and they took it to another level. That really was what people, you know, a a whole group of people didn't want to see and called, like you said, torture porn. Yeah, they do a great job of of putting you in the trap and saying, "Well, what would I do? What mm-hmm. would I be able to handle this? Would I be able to to do what Jigsaw is asking me to do to save my own life?" Mm-hmm. Hey, and that's why there was a couple video games based on the franchise, right? I mean, literally. Yep. Yep. We don't talk about those. No. Yeah, I never played them. <laughs> I played the first one. It's it's not good, and I heard the second one's even worse. Oh no. Yeah, I you know the one trap that I always always just try to play along with is at the end of saw five into saw six when mm. strom gets put um the modified maybe it's reverse bef- bear trap no before that so maybe it's not in five to six maybe it's four to five when he gets his head in the in the little glass cube that that's fine. starts filling with water Yes, and then, yeah, five. That's five. Okay, and then he pokes his pen through. Yes, I hold my breath every time the water gets to his lips and nose. <laughs> and I, there's no way I would have died immediately. 
Is that your favorite trap? No, it's not my favorite trap, but it's the one that every single time I hold my breath. And I, maybe yeah. it's just me in a movie or watching a movie where somebody's underwater. I kind of do it too, but that one just gets me. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I actually, actually read a. Oh, I'm sorry, Phil. I read no, no. a letterbox. I read a letterbox review on that exact scene you're talking about, and they said if they were in that trap, they would just drink all the water with their big mouth, and that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Strong did have a big mouth. I I don't want to pick apart each of these movies, so let's let's just kind of talk about the overall thread that flows through, which is um, you know Jigsaw. And all of his acolytes or his his followers, or I don't even know what we <laughs> want to call them, the the Jigsawians. Um, the Jiggies. The Jiggies, that's better. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best way to put it. The Jiggies. Um, so I was blown away the more these films built on who he was and how he got people to understand either what he wanted them to understand or they made their choice and, you know, live or die. They most, most of them died. Um, but what, what did you all think of the thread that they just so, uh, that was sewn through this franchise? Yeah. I mean, straight up, that's what I come to this franchise for the, the torture porn and the, the traps that those are great and everything, but the, the ridiculously intertwined, uh, leaving plot holes behind to fill in in later movies. <laughs> that's really what gets me, man. I'll tell you the, the fact that they go from is just a dead guy on a floor to uh, he's this mass murderer that was there the whole time, but he didn't technically kill anybody. And spoiler, he has a, an assistant. And then further mm-hmm. on down the line, he has another assistant. Now let's find more out about this guy. Oh, he was a cancer patient. Oh, he, he had a, a miscarriage. His wife had a miscarriage. I mean, they put mm-hmm. you in his shoes and you can see yourself becoming Jigsaw if your life goes a little bit differently. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me sound like a nut job, but, but tell me it's not true. Nope, nope. I, I feel that too. Dan is definitely a disciple of, of Jigsaw. <laughs> I am a jiggy. <laughs> He's, he's just getting jiggy with it. That's all right. I, I will say that what, like you said, Dan, what they start and complete later. And then when they do flashbacks and flash forwards that all intertwine and commingle, like there are times when I, I was watching the, all of them through. So I did a whole rewatch over like the course of two or three days to get ready to watch spiral. And I was at times confused myself as to which parts were in the past and which parts were in the future. And that's just a testament to the storytelling that was able to be done. And Lee Whannell, who wrote, I think the first four, Four, first four, I believe. Uh, And then Bowsman did the first or the the second, third and fourth. Yeah. Let's be honest. Those are the best three of the the series. Yep. They are. Um, Uh, Yeah. He Lee Winnell, so that there I have it right here. He wrote the first, he wrote with Bowsman the second, he wrote the third, and then he left. He didn't write the fourth, but Bowsman directed the second, third, and fourth, and that's why I think it, you know, the second, third, and fourth are so good because Juan, who was a young filmmaker that had a really good vision, directed the first, and then two, three, four was directed by Bowsman, who also understood what they were what they were going for. Um, and then five, six, and seven all kind of 
veer off a little bit, but they still add to the lore. They still add to John Kramer's story. Yeah, five, six, and seven are really John trying to put his toys back in the box before the the end of the series. Yep. Yeah, which is great, right? Beyond the grave, he's telling uh Constance Constance Mandalore, what's his name? Um Detective Hoffman. Detective Hoffman. Mm. Like, you will be tested. And I love when he he's making him write to Amanda, but he's actually writing to him and it's it's beautiful the way that they make it all flow and how Jill, his wife, gets involved. Um, that the, freaking letter, they that bugged me for forever because they show that in three and then I don't think they <laughs> reveal what it was until five or six, if I remember correctly. The letter of I know who you are? Yeah. That was revealed in seven. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, God. even worse then. Because it, it was in three and I thought it was just going to be something that you know they that either John had sent to him before he died and it just showed up but they reveal in 7 that Lawrence from the first one wrote it yep <laughs> which is and they were oh, that's crazy. right Carrie he, yeah Carrie always didn't come back until 7 that's right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah god and they reveal him at the beginning of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah so i knew immediately when 7 when he was in it and he did his slow clap <laughs> sitting around the, the circle there or he was out off to the to the back of the circle right he did a slow clap and then came up yep. and told uh sean patrick flannery like great job <laughs> knowing yes. full well that sean patrick flannery had never gone through a jigsaw trap but i knew as soon as we saw Doc- dr gordon carrie always he's he's part of this and then it all makes sense because when they then flash back at the end when it's revealed that he's you know the new head of the jiggies he it shows him with tobin bell with john kramer stitching up the guy's eye yep. after he put the key in it in that one trap in saw three i think mm-hmm. it is yep. um and then it shows him you know also stitching somebody else up that had something in his in his stomach or his gut and it's just amazing that i don't know if they thought that through when they were doing <laughs> saw two and three and four but the fact that they were able to pull it off and get Carrie always to come back was, was monumental in my opinion. So now that you brought that up, I have a question for you guys. The one thing that still kind of bugs me till today, and this might be because they thought they might've been making an eight and they didn't ever obviously follow up with that. Do you think the two guys from the beginning of seven that end up teaming up with each other and sawing that girl up mm-hmm. are the guys with Carrie Elwes at the end? Oh, wow. Because mm. I don't know why that scene's in there or what, what that trap was for, other than maybe he's making his own new jiggies. Hmm. Interesting. <sighs> Man, I mean, that's a great question. I Good Lord. I would need to see that again, you know, before for sure. But, I mean, it certainly makes sense, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't think they ever show those two guys. I think they're only in the pig masks. Yeah, they do. Okay. They never show their faces. Right. Hmm, that's interesting. And again, I, it might you know, be something that they left out there that they intended to fill in and never got the chance, but that, that's one thing where I'm always like, what? Why Why was that trap happening? <laughs> yeah, I I think, well, every single movie started with a trap that they 
generally didn't go back to. They always Except, tied in a little bit, though. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. The, some of them they did. There was the one in Saw Six or Saw Five where the woman cuts her arm off and sends it down the chute to give her pound of flesh, and yep. she's yeah. back in Saw Seven in the circle of survivors. She won that part from a uh, VH1 show. I don't know if you guys ever watched it called Scream Queens. Yes. It was a bunch of bad actresses uh, fighting for a part as a Scream Queen. Wow. Dude, I, forgot I didn't know about that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. You, so you come to me for the random horror knowledge. That's I cool, love though. it. <laughs> that's really cool. Good for her. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking on IMDb, IMDb at the trivia, and I don't see anything that says who those people were. Um, but I bet if you look in the cast list, if they showed them, if they put them in the cast list, mm-hmm. we'd know who, you know, who they actually are. But, um, you know, that's that I'll, I'll look it up a little later and maybe I'll pop back in with, with some info, but, um, it, that is an interesting thought. Those two guys maybe could be new disciples, new jiggies, new jiggies, <laughs> but the, you know, the franchise, although, it still made money. Saw five and six didn't make what they wanted them to. And so, you know, saw six, saw five was 10.8 million and the return was 113, which I mean, that is nothing to laugh at. And saw six was 11 million, but it only made 68.2. That's one thing I actually want to speak on briefly because one thing, you know, we were chatting about one of our favorite things, and, and Dan, you said it so eloquently, much better than I could have, about how you come to this series for not the gore, not the quote-unquote torture porn, for the for the mystery, for kind of what's going on with the plot lines. And I feel like Saw 5 was the first time where things start to get really messy. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, the, the, a bit of a hot take, I don't mean to sound too harsh, but like the thing that kills me about Saw 5 is like, not only is it messy, but like that film is kind of boring to me. Like it, it really is. I, I don't know. That's just kind of a personal take. And so I'll look at that and I say, God, Saw 5 made 114 million essentially. And Saw 6, I actually think is is a quite a bit better, me personally. And it basically suffered because of Saw 5, in my opinion, which I think is really unfortunate. I would say a mix between Saw 5 not being very good um, and we're just at the sixth entry of a franchise and people are just starting to get kind of numb to it. I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that earlier when I was looking at some of the, some of the returns and, and I hated to see Saw 6 took such a dip, but then obviously yeah. with the, with the 3d and the next one, I mean, it goes right back up to over, over a hundred million. So yeah, kind of crazy. And, and yeah, that's the thing is 20, 20 million to make 136 return, uh, or, or box office around the world. But they they were originally going to have saw the final chapter, which saw 3D, but it's also saw the final chapter. Um, they were originally going to make that as a part one and part two, and it was going to be called saw the final chapter part one, saw the final chapter part two, <laughs> and Carrie Elway's character was going to have a lot bigger of a role in like part one was going to reveal him, and part two was going to show him as the new the new Jigsaw, and because Saw Six did poorly for you know the Saw franchise they made it just one movie and just had to condense these two huge scripts that they had. Probably cut the budget a lot too. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe that's why the budget was 20 million. Maybe they still kept 
quite a bit of money. Yeah. Uh, because each one before it was about, you know, for five, four, five, six, were all 10 million each about. But uh, five, I, I kind of agree with you that it is a little boring. Um, I think that there's a lot that there's a lot that happens in a short amount of time yes. in Saw, Saw 5, but there's also nothing that happens for a long amount of time in that movie, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yep. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. I, I'm just like, God, there's so much... There's so much dialogue and we're just going back in time and I'm seeing all and I'm it's just so much set dressing. Uh, Dan, I don't I don't know how you feel about five, but I just I, I watched it actually today and um, it was the first one I got to where I'm just like, OK, OK, let's get let's get on here. Yeah, yeah. five is probably the roughest of the bunch. Well, all right, let's be honest. Seven is probably the worst yeah, of the, yeah. the main franchise. <laughs> five is a close second. Um, but there is a lot of good Jigsaw origin story in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, my favorite part. Okay, yeah. I could totally see that. I and totally that's where that. I think that's where I think I mean by a lot is happening in a little bit of time because they're giving you so much John Kramer. Mm-hmm. But every time they cut to the five people in that labyrinth of traps it just slogs along and i'm like i don't care about any of these people they're all terrible then they just all die yeah they all all they had to do was listen to jigsaw and work together and they could have all made it out of there but of course they're a bunch of selfish assholes (laughs) i mean those tubes too i remember sitting in the theater in what 2000 six 2007 2008 whatever the hell that movie right (laughs) who knows with all these freaking 2008 in 2008 i remember sitting in the theater when they go in the tubes and they lock out the guy who was in 24 (laughs) that's all i remember him from. oh yeah um they they lock him out and i just think they can all fit in one (laughs) all four of them can fit in one tube like what what are they doing I mean, there were some very tiny, petite women that they could have fit probably three people in one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. So that's where the movie for Saw 5 for me, it kind of falls apart. There's Julie Benz from Dexter is in that. Buffy. And then like the guy that I just said is in, oh, wow. was on 24. But they, they just can't help their part of the plot. And so I, I appreciate that Hoffman was trying to incriminate Strom, but it just, it seemed like too much of a stretch and too many things were happening as a convenience as Eric and I on this podcast talk about movies uh, that, that have to make stretches. It is plot convenience theater and saw five (laughs) had a whole lot of plot convenience theater to make Strom who's now dead into who the Lieutenant or the head of the FBI or whoever that guy, that other guy was, We'll right. think that Strom is Jigsaw. But a pretty baller ending. Again, yeah. l- listen to what Jigsaw <laughs> says and you'll true. be fine. And if he would have just gotten in the glass case, he would have been yep. cool. But he yep. insisted that he knew better. Mm-hmm. And he got squished. Yeah, the ending is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love in Saw 6 how he keeps the fingers from Strom. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but six again, it's well, going back to five really quick. It's the only film 
um, of this first seven that had a director that was like David Hackle. It was his first time directing and he didn't do anything else after this. Whoa. So I wonder if that's a pseudonym for someone. Hackle, maybe. (laughs) Because usually when when it's one and nothing else, it's someone that didn't want their their their, uh, name attached to it. Well, no, I mean, he's he has directed other things, but nothing that anybody would care about. Gotcha. Gotcha. So but this was his first his directorial debut, basically. And I think that they were just not happy with the direction he took. And the cuts in this film are kind of weird. I think Saw 5 is the one where it has two people fighting and they crash through glass, right? Or is that Saw 4? And it cuts to another scene of people, of of police officers in a hallway. I believe that's 5 because that's yeah. where the, the visuals took a, a, a change. It's like, mm-hmm. it's both the coolest cut that I've seen in a Saw movie and the worst cut that I've seen in a Saw movie at the same it's time. It's ballsy as hell. Yeah. You're literally throwing someone through a wall like they were in a, in a you know, what bread factory or whatever the yeah. hell they're in uh, into a police station. And, and the audience is like, wait, how did they get there? Oh, I see. He went through the mirror. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just so it's so weird. Um, but this guy, he directed one and done. And then the next person for Saw 6 and 7 was Kevin Grudert. And I think he brought kind of the Saw vision back to saw six Mm -hmm. and then saw seven although it's bad and the acting is terrible in saw seven it's all overacted (laughs) sean patrick flannery oh so yeah he Mm. he's so good in certain things and he's so bad in others and this was one of those turns where he just was overacting the entire time yeah (laughs) i was a pretty big boondock saints fan especially growing up me too and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. I knew I knew that was going to draw ire from someone. I knew that. <laughs> but but I will say this. I, I just remember because I'll be honest, I'm actually still this way. Like, I feel like I'm a decade behind, like in technology. I still love 3D to this to this day. Like, I still collect like 3D Blu-rays, etc. I was so pumped about seeing a Saw movie in 3D just due to the format alone. I remember seeing him and being pumped, like, thinking, oh, my God, I, you know, Sean Patrick Flattery, and thinking, what the hell happened to this guy? Like, you know, just like, what is going on? I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like, so Saw 7, the way it ends, I'm pleased with. I mean, we already talked about Gordon coming yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Full but- circle him putting Hoffman in the same shackle he was in, but then throws the saw away so he can't use it. And he's just there to starve to death and die. It's like, <laughs> what, what a way to end what, you know, should have been the end of the franchise. Yep. Well, maybe should have been the end of the franchise. That's all debatable, right? <laughs> <laughs> so moving on seven years though, they then give us jigsaw. And I, I remember when I heard that they were going to, basically bring another sequel to the saw franchise out i was like i i don't know that i need it but now that you've told me i want it so i'm i'm very conflicted <laughs> i don't know why i need this because right? because it didn't end great but I, i'll be there opening night i guess <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yes 100 and i was not opening night but opening weekend for sure Yep. Uh, that's the life of a horror fan, though. Yep. Yep. That's it. 
The last so what four you... sucked. Give me that ticket. <laughs> what did you all think, though? Because it really diverted from the original franchise. It was shot completely differently. The The pacing of the film is different. The cinematography is very different. So what are what were your thoughts of, of that film, seeing it so many years later, directed by the Spirig brothers? It felt like they were making a movie just to try and reboot a franchise. <laughs> and also tie in with the old franchise, which kind of ruined it a little bit because you're not quite sure where this new guy who was allegedly there the entire time fit in mm-hmm. with Gordon and Hoffman and everyone else that we were watching. Amanda, we have a, we barely mentioned Shawnee Smith. Can't leave yeah. her out. True. She is great in the films. Yeah, I'll just add on that note, Saw 3, arguably my favorite. Uh, Yeah, huge thanks to her. Yeah. If we could mention four real quick. Yeah, we should just mention them all. uh, I don't want to go back too far, but the fact that Jigsaw is dead at the end of 3, and you hear that they're coming out with 4, and you're like, okay, are they going full mystical now? Are they pulling a Friday Mm -hmm. the 13th, and he's going to get struck by lightning? Or (laughs) how are they pulling this off? And it's taking place at the same fucking time. That's yeah. killer. That's killer. Yeah. It is True. four and three together are an amazing single movie. Absolutely. Yeah. They really I like what you what you just said. And I, I meant to mention it. It's in my notes that I'm not even on the page of my notes right now on my computer. But that's in my notes to talk about how the two of them are happening at the same moment. And it's it's so amazing how they weaved it together that you don't even recognize until the very end and even even re-watching it when strom is going through the the warehouse and you hear what's happening at the end of three i was like wait a minute he's this is like the next day what's happening wait a no oh that's right like i even forgot and it was such a nice surprise to to remember it again because i hadn't watched saw four in years but yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it's it's such an an amazing point of that movie and darren lynn bowsman as the director of 234 really did weave them together perfectly yep that that's what happens when you let one auteur have a plan and (laughs) not pull a star wars Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah who would who would have thunk right yeah a little bit of an asterisk by the way saw three my favorite sequel i guess i should add that sorry just realized i said favorite in the franchise anyway okay all right um jigsaw was it was it when i saw it i saw it in the theaters i saw it on a sunday morning i think it was i don't think it was saturday morning because usually saturday mornings are a little bit busier i think it was a sunday morning and it was me and one other person in the theater <laughs> the first showing of wherever the heck I was in California. And I was immensely let down when I left the theater. But part of me still felt fulfilled because Tobin Bell was in it. And we still saw him. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw basically his his true origin. Like his first his first building of a trap and the, the first people that he brought in for a trap. Yeah, I think for me that that was the big takeaway. Like I also was I mean, I remember walking out of the theater just thinking, well, that was a Saw movie. 
and <laughs> I, I saw it, um, was definitely glad to see Tobin Bell in it. But I'll, I'll be completely honest, and I hate to admit this on a podcast where we're covering the series, this is easily the one I probably remember the least about. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like I, I probably own this movie somewhere on my shelf over here, but I feel like me seeing in theater, I saw it the one time, and to my knowledge, that is probably the last time I saw it. Uh, I've seen so, it twice, yeah. I have the same thing. I saw yeah. it in the theater, and I bought the Blu-ray and watched it once, and that's about it. Yeah, Dan, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, because I honestly, I can't really speak to this one other than what I've said already. Yeah, no, I think I've, I've, uh, my knowledge has pretty much hit the wall too. It's, uh, it was fine ish, uh, but yeah. it felt like a money grab. Yeah. 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 Agreed. And it, it worked because it was a $10 million budget and made $103 million. So they, they grabbed their money. Um, so for me, I watched it in the theaters that like day three of opening and I was let down and I didn't, usually I buy horror movies that I've seen that are connected to a franchise because I'm a weird completist. I usually buy them just to have them, even if I'm not going to watch them. And I didn't do that with Jigsaw. And so in the past two to three years, I've become a digital movie crazy collector. And I've joined all these Facebook groups where people sell digital codes for like ridiculously cheap. And somebody was selling Jigsaw for $1. So I was like, you know what? To complete my Saw franchise on digital, I will get this $1 jigsaw. And so I got it. And the first time I got it probably two and a half years ago, the first time I watched it since getting it and since the theater was a month ago before I saw Spiral. (laughs) (laughs) So I hadn't watched it again. I hadn't revisited it since the theater. And my, my initial memory of watching it and then when i watched it again i was like oh yeah that's this is what i didn't really like about it all of the people that they're tracking down in the real time or the people that are turning up dead in real time there's no way that if they were all in this in this trap together there's no way the bodies could have been moved and strung up or placed where they were for the people to find them so i knew pretty much right away that this was a standard saw trick where they were doing things out of time. We get through all of the traps with this band of people, five people that, you know, eventually shrink down to two and Tobin Bell is there. And (laughs) you then realize that this was all his first major game that he played with multiple people when the detective and the forensic guy go in the room together and it turns out that the forensic guy is the was the original guy that didn't make it out of the first room it all kind of comes together but it was so forced all they tried to do in this movie was misdirect too many times so it made it an unpleasurable viewing experience yeah it it also it's it's doing the the same trick that two and then four did, but not nearly as good. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Very poorly. The interesting piece of the puzzle that they tried to maneuver into this is that they gave John Kramer his first disciple and it was his first jiggy. And he was (laughs) somebody who knew how to build things, who knew how to um, construct these traps and could help John to build them out. So that's a, another, you know, interesting aside that it's 
in this universe, it's 10 years from when Jigsaw died. So basically 10 to 11 years from when the first movie takes place. And we're now seeing the guy that was with him at the beginning. Gosh, that's so funny. You know, rewatching this series, you come across certain traps. I mean, really all the traps, but I mean, in particular, I was watching today, like, um, this is one of my favorite, not attached to one of my favorite movies, but favorite trap is the uh, pendulum. Mm-hmm. Really like the pendulum just visually. But as it was happening, I was also in my head like, how the hell did this get constructed? I am very, this is extremely elaborate, very heavy. So yeah, I like, uh, I like that at least we have some backstory on that. That's kind of well, fun. I will say the pendulum, though, was a Hoffman original that he made to look like Jigsaw. Oh, geez. And that's how Jigsaw oh, found him. Yep. Oh, so God, even that, true. like Hoffman did it all on his own. And I don't know how this detective, they never give us that information, how he wow. figured out how to construct this trap that wouldn't actually let the guy that killed his sister go. It, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, they, they do leave a couple plot holes there. I forgot because he is watching through that eye hole uh, during mm-hmm. the pendulum scene. So yeah, geez. <laughs> I think at the very end, they show Kramer, show him whatever his name is. <laughs> um, it's something like Derek? Hunt? <laughs> Logan? Logan. 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 Logan Nelson. There we go. Logan. But Kramer, show him a sketch of the reverse bear, of the bear trap, reverse bear trap. And so then you get that Logan is going to help him build it. So like that's kind of an interesting tie-in back to the original movies. But again, they tried to do what the other ones did well, and they failed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty easy to say that, yeah, they tried to reboot and couldn't. His little sign-off's not bad, though. The the I speak for the dead, that that's pretty pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so the Saw movies, let's just take a step back and looking back at all of them, what is the one trap that stands out? So, Preston, you said the um, pendulum is kind of your number Man, one. Well, I don't know if it's safe to say my number one. It definitely stands out to me. I say probably if I had to pick a number one, honestly, I have to go back probably back to the original i love amanda's first trap uh just visually i think it looks amazing and obviously that's kind of a callback to the original short which i think is kind of fascinating in itself and i mean i hate to say this i feel like this is like a really just kind of easy answer but i almost love the simplicity of literally being chained to a wall with a saw just like make a decision i i really like that for a lot of different reasons so I don't know exactly what my favorite is, but those are are definitely up there. I would say. Yeah. Dan, what do do you got? If I get to pick two and she, uh, I'm going to go with the, the needle pit. I can't watch that. Oh my goodness. So that motherfucker throws Amanda, just tosses her into that needle pit. Digging around. (laughs) And screaming the whole time. Like screaming. Amanda, Shawnee, just her acting in that scene alone like if if the academy awards cared about horror movies 
She should have got something for that. Absolutely. Yeah. She should have won an MTV Scream Queen Award or something. I mean, that was <laughs> amazing. Uh, and my other one is in uh, three with the guy that's getting all his uh, body parts twisted around. Oh, yeah. And oh. All, that guy, all that guy has to do is, is you know, forgive him and, and he doesn't. So he just watches him sit yes. there and, and just yeah. his arms getting twisted and broken. And, and then the head starts going and yeah. you're like, well, this is over. Yeah, yeah. That one's yeah that's a really good one. Yeah, so I'm going to cheat as well and and pull two out because my actual favorite trap is actually a full test. And I don't know how fair that is. So I will say my favorite trap itself, like singular trap, is probably the glass coffin. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think that's... Mm-hmm. I. It's either... I don't know if it's... I don't know. There, there's so many good ones. There's the reverse. The reverse bear trap is just so iconic. But I think Wait. it's the glass coffin when Hoffman he's tell he tells Strom exactly what he has to do, and he doesn't. And so Hoffman gets thrown into the trap. He, you know, obviously he's going to get cut up on his back, but he survives, and the walls close in, and Strom gets destroyed. So I think that's probably my number one trap. But the test. That is my absolute favorite is in Saw 2 and it is Eric's test. All he had to do was mm, sit and yes. talk to Jigsaw. That's all he had to do. Yep. Just have a conversation. And then he would have found his son and he wouldn't have been caught. And then he lives through Saw 3 into Saw 4. Um, and then is that it? 4, right? Or 5? Uh, four. He dies in four. four. Yeah, dies yeah. in four with the ice. Oh man. The <laughs> but I I think that that is the most ingenious. Uh, excuse me, the most ingenious test in the whole series. I agree completely. Uh, and again, that's a great all, call. All you have to do is listen to Jigsaw and follow the instructions. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's such a great plot twist in Saw Two. And Saw Two, the more that we're talking about it, and the more that I'm thinking about it, it is one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, gosh, it's so smart and it's so well done. And they make you play to his, his emotional attachment to his son and his fear. Mm-hmm. And like when I'm sitting watching the movie, even though I know what the test is and I know what's going to happen, I'm like, get him out of there and go find your son. But it's, <laughs> it's just because Donnie Wahlberg, who would have thought plays the character so well too. Yeah. And his grief and his fear, like, gosh, a father on the edge whose last words to his son were telling him that he's a a jerk off, basically. It's just so powerful. You know, fun fact from a 13-year-old me, there was a time where this is the only reason I knew who Donnie Wahlberg (laughs) was, literally. Oh, man. (laughs) That's crazy. I had every New Kids album. I I love New Kids on the Block, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Hey, I was right at the age for it. Own it. That was Backstreet for me, but we won't go there. The only reason I think of Donnie Wahlberg nowadays is because it's the person that high pitch Eric from the Howard Stern show is in love with. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. All right. So let's move then into the brand new release, uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring Chris Rock, Samuel Jackson, and Max, whatever his last name is. (laughs) Go with Max. 
Yeah. Good old, good old Max. Malenga? Malenga, sure. The, <laughs> the guy from uh, Hands Made Tale. There you go. Max Minghella. Minghella. When I first heard that Chris Rock had pitched a spiral, a saw requel to Lionsgate, I was like, wow, this is out of character for Chris Rock. <laughs> but man, do I want to see this movie? Like this was, I was way more excited when I heard Chris Rock wanted to make a Saw requel than when they they announced that they were making Jigsaw. Oh yeah, yeah. And then That's... the names they had attached when they first said that Chris Rock was going to be starring in it, not only like helping to develop it and produce it, but star in it. And then he got Samuel L. Jackson to play his father in it. I was like, I am fucking there. <laughs> yeah. And then pandemic. Sorry, everybody. You can't go see this in theaters. Mm. Well, no, let's but not, I guess it did. Let's get not forget to mention, uh, and the director of the best three saws got attached as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. When Bowsman comes back again, I'm in. And then Charlie Clouser with the music. Can't beat that. Nope. Can't beat the oh, saw music. Sure. I mean, I, I don't want to go through without mentioning his amazing saw theme. Yes. Thank so you good. for doing that. Yep. I walk around work whistling that once oh, in a man. while. <laughs> Every time I get in the saw mood, I'm just walking around the house. Just so intense. Um, but yeah, so so they announced this film a couple years ago. It got into production. It got put on hold because of the pandemic. And then it was released direct to digital and then in theaters, some places where theaters were open uh, back on May 14th. And it is coming to digital and Blu-ray to purchase uh, here soon in July. Uh, July probably 26th, actually sixth, twenty seventh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. probably the same day I'm going to release this episode. So if you all are listening, make sure you go purchase or rent Spiral, <laughs> and go get the awesome looking Steelbook if you haven't oh, seen that thing. It looks so good. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so guys, tell me, tell me about your, I just kind of went on my own tirade about when I heard about Spiral, but tell me what your thoughts were and what did you think of the film? Preston, go, go first this time? Go first. Yeah, Preston. Get sure, it, get it sure, man. So, okay. I was so excited when this movie announced, you know, I was just looking back actually May of 2019 is when this project was officially announced and I was so excited. I guess the word is intrigued, just like you are, you know, Phil. It's it's just like, how, what is going on here? Like something, I, you know, my thinking was like something has get, like this can't just be a run of the mill Saw movie. Something is up here. I mean, Chris Rocks involved Samuel Jackson, all these people are coming back. What, what is going on with this? And I have to add, I loved for the most part, the marketing campaign, in particular, the posters. I oh, love yeah. the posters mm-hmm. for this movie. They were so, so artsy, so cool, and, and just damn gorgeous. And, um, man, so I um, I won't get to my thoughts of the film yet. I'll pass it over to Dan. However, I will say I was lucky enough to see this in IMAX. Oh, oh. man. I'm so jealous. I, I drove... Uh, to Nashville, which is about uh, about an hour drive from here. But I, I make that trip pretty often just to go to IMAX or 4DX, what have you. But 
Um, yes, I did see it in IMAX, so that definitely helped. And I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that for now. But obviously, again, just very, very excited. Um, my hopes were very high. And you got to think, this was May of 2019 when this is announced. You know, I'm a huge fan of Halloween 2018. We had just gotten that, you know, the previous October. So a few months yeah. later, we're getting this Saw announcement. I mean, I'm just through the roof. That's, yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so Dan, what did you think? Yeah, similar to both of you guys when it was announced, I was like Chris Rock saw movie. Okay, I'll I'll go see that I suppose. That sounds bizarre, but why not? <laughs> and I I do also I really want to know what that pitch is. Uh I don't I want to know if yeah. it's something as simple as what if Jigsaw killed the cops? Or if it was like something much deeper, because that was good. Jigsaw killed the cops. You see, he he hates the cops. That's a terrible Chris Rock. That's actually pretty good. Uh, But yeah, Uh, and then I saw Bowsman was attached. I'm like, well, I'm going to see this day one. I was probably going to anyway, but absolutely now. Um, And so yeah, once I got we we actually started watching uh, all the Saw movies again in preparation for it before it got pushed back because of the pandemic. Uh, Then it got pushed back, uh, and then I decided, well, you know what. We are going to be fully vaccinated, double shots, two weeks after the second one by the time this comes out. Mm -hmm. And we are going to the theater to see this. This It's going to be our our triumphant return to horror in theaters. (laughs) And I was not I was not uh, I was not disappointed. I kind of love it. It's predictable AF. Uh, let's be honest. Mm. Uh, the fact that they cast the man with the most punchable face in Hollywood as the villain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you kind of saw that coming once you saw the trailer. You're like, oh, he's the bad guy. Um, <laughs> but you still kind of like seeing why and how and all the like inner workings, uh, you know, even though you already know kind of the spoiler uh, and you just want to see how you're going to be proved right. But it's it's funny. It's not a traditional saw. It's more a kind of lesser version of seven mixed in with some saw elements. It also has one of the best traps in, in the series, not one of my favorites, but it's, it's definitely up there with the fingers. Mm. Uh, Mm. And uh, yeah, I I thought it was really good. And the new sign off of uh, his little uh, shush, don't tell anybody is dead on because he doesn't say anything. Just like none of the cops say anything. Yep. All right. Gosh. So for me, again, I mean, I already said what I, what I thought about it, but I just, when I, I couldn't go to the theaters because here in California, they still weren't open yet, but it came out on digital. And I was like, I have a credit to Fandango now somehow. I don't know how I got a Fandango now credit, but I have it. (laughs) So I'm going to, rent it on Fandango now and watch it probably like in my head eight times. But of course I'm working from home. My wife's here and my daughter's here. So I watched it twice over the course of 48 hours. And I, did you say Dan, that you thought it was like not as good as seven, but had seven elements. It, it Yeah. It's uh, let's be honest. Seven's one of the, the top psychological thriller slash horror movies of all time. Oh, okay. All right. Hang on. It, it doesn't quite hit that I, level. I am, I, for some reason, I'm an idiot. And I thought you were talking about Saw 7. <laughs> yes. I was, dude, I was, I was about to tear you apart. <laughs> 
No, David Fincher is seven, not Saw Seven. Sorry. Uh, get the boxing gloves out. Oh, oh boy. Shit. I'm the real. I was going to be nice about it, but I still was going to be like, what are you talking no, about? No, bro, call me out on that shit if you hear me say anything <laughs> like that, please. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so I just, I, I see now that I know what you're saying, I completely get it. And I'm on board. It is not nearly as good as seven, but it is in the vein of seven and it is good enough that it's better than definitely Saw 5, 6, 7. I want to see Max Minghella continue, and I want to see Chris Rock try to take him down over the course of a trilogy. Yeah, oh, that would be I, awesome. I will be day one. Put this shit in the theater next Halloween. Get it, get it made. <laughs> yes. Get it going. And they're talking about it. I don't know that they've officially signed anything, but they're talking about it. Um, Dude, they should. With those budgets, come on. I mean, they totally should. I mean, hell, this one came out when, you know, a third of the theaters were in the, you know, open in the country. And let's see here, right? You know, it was, it was, you know, a 40 million, which is very mild for the franchise, obviously. But there were so many circumstances at play here. I mean, come on. I don't think Mm -hmm. that includes streaming numbers at all, which is true. Yeah, you got to take that into consideration. True. Um, So there was an announcement by. I don't remember if it was Lionsgate or Twisted Pictures that they were going to create a sequel called Saw X, so Saw 10. But Darren Lynn Bowsman came out after that and said that's a big surprise to him because Spiral <laughs> and Saw, although they coexist in the same universe, are separate. And so he was right. like, no, there should be Saw 9 before Saw X. And Spiral should have a Spiral 2 before calling that Saw 10. So it's it's interesting and it, we'll see what happens Next, hopefully, we get word that they're going to make it and it will be released next October and I will be there, like you both said, opening day. <laughs> but um, so let's dive into the film. So you said Finger Trap, man, that was brutal. Gosh. Absolutely brutal. That That's second only to the, the needle trap with the cringe. I mean, yeah. uh, I had to oh. look away for a minute. Yep. Yeah, I will say I didn't necessarily fast forward the second time I watched the film during that scene, but... Since I was watching it a second time, I had my work laptop on my lap on the couch, and I definitely was paying more attention to my work email than the film during that every time they cut back to him. <laughs> You're being a good employee, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's let me do some Disney email while I'm watching this horror <laughs> franchise. <laughs> um, so let's let's dive into the, the actual storyline, because the storyline is a it's it's definitely referential to saw without beating us over the head with it they're they're talking about jigsaw coming back but there's a new um there's a new little pig character there's um somebody targeting cops which you know he had jigsaw hadn't really targeted cops unless they were dirty and even then he always gave them a choice where here Mm -hmm. they're not really getting a choice yeah, I mean, Dan kind of shared some just kind of general thoughts. And initially, I am going to sound like the Debbie Downer of this group, but just stick with me. I will come kind of full circle here. So mentioned I got to see the film in IMAX, right? I feel like I did myself a disservice, not not in seeing it in IMAX, but before I watched the movie, I revisited not the entire series, but the first film. 
by the way, in 4K, which is amazing if you guys don't own that. Uh, I totally recommend, speaking of still books, that one is yeah. awesome. It looks amazing. Um, okay, so I had watched the first one, and I'll be honest, I I completely like fell back in love with that first film. Um, you know, and we talked about the reasons earlier in the show, um, for that, but I went into spiral so excited and I, sh- I should have known better than this, just knowing the series like I do, but I just, it's, it's, we're set, we're at a point in the series where we're such a departure from what that original one was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like yeah. when I first saw spiral, I was a little disappointed. Because I kind of wanted to tap more into those original roots, and which is just not, which is not feasible, uh, if we're being honest. Especially taking the context of, of Spiral itself and in the in the storyline. So I have subsequently rewatched it outside of that first viewing and gained a lot more respect for it. I think it's a very timely film for a number of different reasons. I mean, I just. I, I love the fact that we have Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in a Saw movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love that. I mean, that's just that's just insane in itself. Um, you know, and, and kind of like Dan hit on. I mean, it's got some of the the most you know craziest traps of the series, and I love the score. And I'm excited for the future. So while I initially was like a little let down, I'll be honest, um, I have kind of I've kind of came back around to accept it for what this movie is on its own and was able to go from there. I think that's where a lot of the the less than favorable reviews came from is they went in expecting Saw 9 and not Jigsaw or sorry, Spiral 1. And it says it in the title from the book of Saul. Like we yep. should have known this, you know. Yep. And I, I think for me, I, I did know that, and I knew it wasn't going to be like we weren't going to get Jigsaw again. I knew that. And when I, I think about watching all these movies, like I, I get what you're saying, Preston, about watching Saw one and then going into this and being let down. But right, if we all remember what I just said before, I watched. Saw one through eight exactly. in the span of two days to get to Spiral, <laughs> and watching five, six, seven, and eight all in a row, and then getting to Spiral, I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I know that it is probably my fifth favorite movie in this franchise, and it will probably always sit at number five. I don't That's think anything will make it fall below mm-hmm. Saw five, six, seven, or eight. Yep. But um, it's never going to be better than Saw, the original Saw, and then two, three, or four. Yeah, that's about right. I yeah, I like that actually. So it's it's a good. I think it's a good film. I think it's a fun film. I think Chris Rock brings his brevity and his comedic timing to the role in. I I wouldn't say unexpected ways because Chris Rock is going to be pretty funny, but he was funny in an everyman with an edge kind of way, not in a Chris Rock in a horror movie trying to be overbearing kind of way. And that's why I really liked him and I could follow him through the whole movie. It opens uh, with a, a new stand-up act by him, though, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was the hard part. But at least they got that out of the way. He's like, here, yeah. here's what you're expecting. It's in the first scene and now we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though, too. Yeah. But then him just being undercover and... Like I, when I, when the movie started, I was like, wait a minute, 
he's he's the cop, right? I was like, maybe I misremembered the trailer. But no, no, he is a cop. He's got to be undercover or something. Or maybe this is a flashback because Saul likes to mess with time. So maybe he got clean and became a cop after this. But then, of course, he was just undercover. But he was undercover and nobody knew he was undercover. But um, that so we talked about the first trap, the train with the tongue. Mm. That oh, was my goodness. That was intense. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, that, that um, was a great first trap. I mean, of the of the film to, to bring this back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I wonder. And here's what I wonder about a lot of these traps. Are any of them actually winnable? Yeah, that's a good question. I've only seen mm-hmm. it once, and I was thinking about that the whole weekend after we saw it, where I was like, if they actually did what they were supposed to do, could they win? Because I don't think that finger trap is winnable. Like, yeah. I don't think there's enough time for that guy to do, because he was he was doing what he was supposed to do, mm-hmm. but that, that water was just filling up too fast. And I think that's kind of how it was for all of them. They There was enough time to get out, but there wasn't enough time to then get away. Right. They're just probably designed traps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was on purpose, right? <laughs> right? Right. The tongue, there's really no way to do that before that train was coming. There was <laughs> no no possible way. And the finger trap, the water was, you're, you're right, filling up too fast. The, I don't want to jump right to the end, but I guess we, we could talk about the Captain Angie Garza, right? Garza? Mm-hmm. Her trap, I don't think that was winnable with the 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 wax pouring on her yeah oh and then uh, when chris rock peeled her face off <laughs> oh my god that was some good effects right there mm-hmm. it sure was it kind of reminded me of the um i can't remember which one this is where the where the woman is covered in ice in the freezer kind of reminded me of that three yeah 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 okay that's right that's right yes yeah man that was that was Dude's cheek sticks to it oh mm-hmm. oh yeah that's right <laughs> i just don't think any of these traps could they could have actually survived and that is supposed to go to max Mengele's uh detective shanks he the reasoning behind this he doesn't want any of them to survive they they all were complicit in killing his father and so he wanted them to get their comeuppance but he also thought that chris rock's character zeke would be sympathetic to his cause Hmm. but i don't know how you you put somebody's father in a trap and then say hey join me yeah, I I think if he would have done it as a different way, Chris Rock was probably he was on the verge. Tor- yeah, he was torn at the end, but he's like, "That's my dad, mm-hmm. though." Yep. Oh man, that end scene, that end scene with Sam in that that trap had to look amazing in IMAX. Just draining of blood. Oh, dude it it looked great. I mean, honestly, as good as the as good as it looked visually in IMAX, the sound, man. I mean, the sound was fantastic. That's what really sent it home to me. And although I will say this was obviously, you know, um, post vaccination again for me, but it was at a time where I went to. I think I went to literally the first showing, and it was there was not many people there, and I was not upset about it for that reason alone. Like you know, through the pandemic, I'm like you know that's fine. I, I'll, I'll take my space where I can get it. But uh, man, it would have been awesome to see that in a with, you know with a big crowd, obviously. Yeah, there was yeah. about six people in our theater, and it was yeah. a decently sized theater too. Exactly. I, I hope we get another one. It got it got some mixed reviews, and it, like we already said, it was budget was twenty, box office is forty. But 
it's a pandemic. Hopefully they, they oh, make it Oh man, a- absolutely. But j- just that, that the, the twist, Dan, I think it was you that said that you felt this film was predictable. Uh, it was, yeah. So you, you got right from the start, or maybe not right from the start, but sh- shortly through that Shank was the killer. Yes. I, I, to be honest with you, when I saw the casting and the trailer and I saw <laughs> Chris Rock and him in the car, I was like, well, he's going to be the killer. Damn it, Dan. He's terrible. <laughs> he's a good actor. He's a good actor. But they're the ones, they, they put him in social network to make Mark Zuckerberg look good. Wow. I mean, he's, wow. yeah. he's very punchable. <laughs> Man, I I'll be I hate to say this. I I was not. I was like the opposite of Dan. Like I I had no idea. I I knew it, but I only knew it when he disappeared. And when they had yeah, the body. That's fair. When when they got delivered the um the tattoo, I for some reason when the tattoo came, I knew there's no way he could have been dead. And yeah. when they yeah. didn't identify him and they just said it was him strung up, I, I knew for sure that he was the killer. You know, the part that solidified it for me is when Chris Rock hands him his cell phone. I'm like, well, there you go. He's going to mm. do something with the cell phone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris Rock does, I mean, in his own comedic way, makes a point of like, ain't you got a charger or whatever he says. Right. Right. So many things pointed to it and when they do the recap like they do at the end of every Saw movie, when they go back and show you all the clues that you missed, I was like, well, duh, I I should have seen it immediately. (laughs) But I didn't see it until he got the the tattoo flesh delivered. I was like, it's not really him. There's no way. Uh, But making it where he was the son of Emerson who got killed because of the police force's corruption... I didn't see that coming. I had no idea why he had the motivation to go after cops. Mm. And it was a fun way to tie it all back together. Yeah, that, that is true. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't know the motivation. Uh, it was, you could put it together while you're watching it once you know who it is. But yeah, that, that was the one, the one mystery that at least was able to be solved for me by the end. The final trap, we've already kind of mentioned it, but Sam Jackson bleeding out Chris Rock, making the decision to save him only to have the SWAT team trip another trap that then pulls him back up and reveals the shotgun, just the, just the barrel right of the shotgun tied to his side. Mm. And then he is basically a puppet, just like the puppet, the spiral puppet. Yep. It was so, in my opinion, it was so well done. And then, of course, they kill him. Chris Rock is screaming. We already talked about um, Shank doing the little, you know, shh as he goes down. Just great. I thought it was a great ending. Yeah, that that's what really solidified it. I, I was like, this is good. And then they hit that shh as the door closes. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's that's very dead on. That's very mm-hmm. good. God, I loved I loved all the um, kind of video audio messages that, um, you know, quote unquote jigsaw, you know, whatever you want to call them in the pig mask uh, left. It was so creepy throughout all the spiral and love the ending. Oh my gosh. That last trap with Samuel Jackson was, mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, yeah. Very high note to end the movie. That's for sure. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Just like Dan said, I love that. You actually I bring wish up... more people 
Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you actually bring up the one issue I do have with it. It's the new Jigsaw voice. It's yeah. way too digital, and it sounds kind of like Portal, the the girl from Portal, the computer from Portal, uh, <laughs> but run through another filter. I don't love it, and I, I kind of understand why they did it, because you couldn't quite tell if it was male or female, right. which is great, yeah. but uh, it's just not quite Tobin Bell. No. Oh, no, God. I agree. Sure. I didn't like how high-pitched it was. Yeah. But I did like the puppet. I did like the little pig puppet because obviously yes. he's going after police, right? He's going after police. So, of course, it's a pig. And I didn't put that together until until the end when I thought more about the movie after my first watch. I was like, well, of course, it's a pig. Of course, he's fixated on pigs and puppets and pulling strings because that's all the corrupt police in that town were doing. Yep, it's all symbolism. Uh, it Man, was, that's right. It was so good. I, th- I thought it was it was really good. And I wish more people would have given it a chance or would still give it a chance. Yes. Um, and man, when the end, I, I just can't keep not talking about the end, but when everything is hitting just right and the music, the saw theme starts playing again <laughs> at the end of the movie, I was like head banging on my couch. Like, that's right. Get it. Oh man. It was so, so amazing. Uh, dogs are barking. Hey. I bet my daughter's coming back home. Uh, one last thing. Uh, did you guys notice the uh, Pulp Fiction Easter egg? Ooh. There's a there's a safe, and the safe uh, the safe company's name is Jules and uh, Vincent. No. Yep. That's I did not see that. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Little nod to, to uh, Samuel L. There. Did, did the contents of said safe glow uh, as if they were golden? Uh, <laughs> no, maybe. Who knows? It's the, it's the door to the uh, to where the the um, the wax trap was happening. I will definitely look for that. I'll, that's one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I that is that is such a cool little nod. I I did not see it, but you know we did get a Samuel L. Jackson motherfucker. Yes. Oh man, I love it. Want to play games? I love it. <laughs> You want to play games, motherfucker? All right, I'll play. Yeah, like spinning the whole saw, want to play a game thing on its head with throwing Samuel L. Jackson and his signature phrase in. It was great. <laughs> Absolutely great. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this entire franchise over the past almost hour and a half. And guys, I just have kind of one final question for you. Did Spiral or any of the Saw movies that came after the first ruin, not necessarily your childhood, well, I guess Preston, your childhood, but (laughs) what you knew about Saw or what you love about horror. How about, Dan, your turn. Give me, me, did it ruin your childhood, quote unquote? Uh, The sequels to Saw, let's see. They first made the first movie better, (laughs) and then Jigsaw (laughs) came out and made it kind of worse. (laughs) <laughs> and then Spiral came out and redeemed the whole goddamn thing. Hey! No, I, I love it. Uh, if anything, it made me more pumped for more Saws. Uh, after Jigsaw came out, if they had come out with a Saw 9, I don't know if I'd be you know as excited, but after Spiral, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Absolutely. Yeah. So Preston, how about you? Did it ruin your childhood? Absolutely not. No question about it. Absolutely not. It enhanced my childhood in hindsight, uh, Phil, if we're being honest. But no, absolutely not. I, it, it, 
to be honest with you, there is not there's not a movie in this franchise that could come out that would quote unquote ruin my childhood. It is what it is. Yes, they could make crappy movies. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, by the way, as we've said previously, give us a sequel to Spiral. Hey, the three of us, you've got our money already. It is what it is. So I'm excited for what's to come. Me too. Me too. This de- it definitely didn't ruin my childhood. And and th- in the format of the show, Spiral for sure didn't. Spiral enhanced the original four saws at least um so i'm i'm all in i want more give me give me saw give me spiral i'm ready for whatever um so one more thing i just want to throw out there is that 21 savage song is awesome <laughs> oh the remix yes. of hello zap yeah that's it's baller oh man when the, when the credits hit i'm like okay this is what i came for this is what i came for the 21 savage yes sir <laughs> that's great i'm sure i'll be playing that over the the end right here but um man it is it just hits just right i love it preston where can people find you out on the interwebs Man, find me on Twitter at Preston967. I'm also pretty active on Letterboxd uh, under the same username. Uh, definitely look for me, add me, and you'll probably see some horror goodness that I've been watching. All right. And Dan? Yeah, you can uh, check me out and tell me why Boondock Saints isn't a shithole of a movie over on Twitter, or uh, just come check out my collection and other bullshit on Instagram. And both of those are at RedWriteDan. Uh, I've got two episodes of a, of a very small podcast I did with my buddy BC Wayman called Wayward Planet. So if you want to hear me scream more about horror and Halloween horror nights and pooping in the girls' bathroom, stuff like that, uh, you can check it out, Wayward Planet, wherever you get your pods. I can't wait to listen. Y- yeah, you've got me on the edge of my seat for that story. Yeah, I'm, uh, hooked. I'm going to download right now. <laughs> Hey, man, super excited about what we're going to have going on with uh, Hunter and the gang over at Grim Grinning Host coming up soon. Definitely check us out over there. And uh, I might have some things coming in the future. We'll see. You never know about me. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so for me, you can find me at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And also follow the podcast at Podcast Ruined on Twitter and TikTok. I appreciate you both coming on and joining me to talk about the Saw franchise and Spiral from the Book of Saw. So thank you. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and I hope we get to do this sometime soon again. Um, but with that, everybody out there, I hope that this look at the Saw franchise didn't ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. With my rifle, pussy. Every car I mean, I got the title. Slaughter gang, I turn a model to a hiker. I know they want me dead, I got a Keltec in this Viper. I hit all the vibes on the low, cause I'm a sniper. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. I'm Phil, and of course, the doorbell rings right now. <laughs> and the <a> dog. <laughs>
Jesus Christ. All right, hang on. I'm going to see what the hell. That's probably a package getting delivered, of course. Hang on. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. That timing couldn't have been better. Well, you didn't ruin my childhood, but delivery man, you did ruin this podcast. So thank Amazon you. Amazon ruined you. my podcast. <laughs>